Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Good morning and welcome to the 24th Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Psych. This is not just the 24th Wednesday after Pentecost. This is Veterans Day. Uh, as many of you know, and fewer of you know, also it is Martin Mass, the feast day of the 4th century soldier turned bishop, Martin of Tours. Uh, this morning, I will not be reading the lectionary, the Raphael's Common Lectionary. Um, instead, what we have this morning, what I have this morning for y'all, is a podcast takeover. Instead of hearing some random readings, um, and then going into some boring reflection that has nothing to do with veterans, nothing to do with Martin of Tours. Um, I am um, putting in in place of today's first formation episode. I'm sharing with you all the first full uh, produced episode of the Vita Martini, which is a new podcast serial that follows the fourth century biography of Saint Martin of Tours um, from a. Uh, an English translation is now in the public domain. So I hope you enjoy that. If you want the um, the readings from Lesser Feasts and Fasts, which is the Episcopal kind of um, saint handbook, uh, the, there's the collect, there's, um, and the readings are from Isaiah 58, Psalm 15, and Matthew 25. I'll put those in the show notes. But what you're about to hear is a is the is a reading from the Vita Martini, the actual um, hagiography, the biography of Martin of Tours. One other big thing I want to make sure my listeners know about, and not just that I appreciate your loyalty um, and your interest and your continued listenership, um, but also that um, there is a new podcast in town in the Pew Pew HQ um, pond, uh, podcast family of podcasts, and that's Ponder Exchange. Ponder Exchange is going to be the flagship podcast of Pew Pew HQ. It is just a uh, a podcast about Christian faith and armed service. Um, The first couple of uh, episodes are up. There are two types for Ponder Exchange. That is an interview episode and an explainer episode. I've got a couple of interviews up, one with Brother Lynn Smith Henry of the Hospitallers of St. Martin and the other with my friend and a very good uh, human being, Jeremy Stainthorpe Bergeron. The first explainer episode I have up is What is a Christian? And you'll see, and I'll explain in that episode over at Ponder Exchange, how I intend to build off um, you know, the first several episodes for understanding Christian soldiers and what's important to them, and then launching into other um, explainer-type episodes like What Do Catholics Believe About Military Service?, um, what is the key row, the PX, that uh, there's an Easter egg here in, in Ponder Exchange. So um, I hope you enjoy the Vita Martini, the first several chapters of the Vita Martini, which I've condensed into one episode um, here at First Formation in just a moment. But also I hope you check out Ponder Exchange right here wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's already up. The episode should be live, and it's going to continue I think on a weekly basis, and it's going to be kind of the main forum. If you're not into prayer as much every morning, you can also hear what is important for soldiers, Christian soldiers, um, both topics, but also we get to hear from one another. Um, I'm going to be interviewing Christian soldiers 
Um, those will be peppered within the explainer episodes. And so it'll kind of be a balance between these explainer types and then also just conversation with another Christian soldier. So I hope you enjoy the Vita Martini. I hope you enjoy Ponder Exchange. And most of all, I hope you uh, enjoy and appreciate Veterans Day. I know it can be really complicated given our feelings about military service, about our perhaps our combat experience. Um, if there's anything that I can do to make your Veterans Day bright, I hope you let me know. Um, and I also hope that you really appreciate the Vita. Um, I'm going to try and release more episodes uh, of the Vita Martini as its own podcast serial. Again, wherever you're listening to your podcast right now, just drop what you're doing and search Vita Martini. The first episode will be up. You can listen to it right here, and I'm going to keep posting episodes that I've produced um, over at its own podcast as well. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the Vita Martini. The early church persevered as the Roman Empire first persecuted, then adopted, and finally sterilized Christianity. Hagiography became a radical new way for Christians to challenge the social and political status quo, and none was more powerful than the Vita Martini. Now I'm turning a 4th century biography of soldier saint Martin of Tours into a podcast series in the hopes that it will spark better conversation about the men and women caught in the crosshairs of God and country. Enjoy. Preface to Desiderius Severus, to his dearest brother Desiderius, sendeth greeting. I determined, my like-minded brother, to keep private and confine within the walls of my own house the little treatise which I had been writing concerning the life of St. Martin. I did so, as I am not gifted with much talent, and shrank from the criticisms of the world, lest, as I think will be the case, my somewhat unpolished style should some should displease my readers, and I should be deemed highly worthy of general reprehension for having too boldly laid hold of a subject which ought to have been reserved for truly eloquent writers. But I have not been able to refuse your request again and again presented. For what could there be which I would not grant in deference to your love, even at the expense of my own modesty? However, I have submitted the work to you on the sure understanding that you will reveal it to no other, having received your promise to that effect. Nevertheless, I have my fears that you will become the means of its publication to the world, and I well know that, once issued, it can never be recalled. If this shall happen, and you come to know that it is read by some others, you will, I trust, kindly ask the readers to attend to the facts related, rather than the language in which they are set forth. You will beg them not to be offended if the style chances unpleasantly to affect their ears, because the kingdom of God consists not of eloquence, but faith." Let them also bear in mind that salvation was preached to the world, not by orators, but by fishermen, although God certainly could have adopted the other course had it been advantageous. For my part, indeed, when I first applied my mind to writing what follows, because I thought it disgraceful that the excellences of so great a man should remain concealed, I resolved with myself not to feel ashamed on account of solecisms of language. This I did because I had never obtained to any great knowledge of such things, or, if I had formerly some taste of studies of the kind, I lost the whole of that, through having neglected these matters for so long a course of time. But after all, that I may not have in future to adopt in such an irksome mode of self-defense, the, the best way will be that the book should be published, if you think right, with the author's name suppressed. 
In order that this may be done, kindly erase the title which the book bears on its front, so that the page may be silent. And what is quite enough, to let the book proclaim its subject matter, while it tells nothing of the author. Have you ever wondered why I refer to myself as Brother Logan Isaac? Or why you might see my name with an H-O-S-M after it? Well, that's because I'm a member of the Hospitallers of St. Martin, an ecumenical monastic community in the Episcopal tradition that focuses on prayer, hospitality, and reconciliation. Inspired by the life of soldier St. Martin of Tours, who was kicked out of the military after telling the emperor, I am the soldier of Christ, Hospitallers dedicate themselves as servants of Christ, the poor, and those who have been changed by war, poverty, or violence. Any Christian adult interested in entering our novitiate to become a professed hospitaller or to become an associate member of our community can learn more about our constitution, vows, and rule of life at IamTheSoldierOfChrist.org. Once again, that's IamTheSoldierOfChrist.org. Chapter 1. Reasons for Writing the Life of St. Martin Most men, being vainly devoted to the pursuit of worldly glory, have, as they imagined, acquired a memorial of their own names from this source, vis-a-vis devoting their pens to the embellishment of the lives of famous men. This course, although it did not secure for them a lasting reputation, still has undoubtedly brought them some fulfillment of the hope they cherished. It has done so both by preserving their own memory, though to no purpose, and because through their having presented to the world the examples of great men, no small emulation has been excited in the bosoms of their readers. Yet notwithstanding these things, their labors have in no degree borne upon the blessed and never-ending life to which we look forward. For what has a glory, destined to perish with the world, profited those men themselves who have written on mere secular matters? Or what benefit is posterity derived from reading of Hector as a warrior, or Socrates as an expounder of philosophy? There can be no profit in such things, since it is not only folly to imitate the persons referred to, but absolute madness not to assail them with the utmost severity. For in truth, those persons who estimate human life only by present actions have consigned their hopes to fables, and their souls to the tomb. In fact, They gave themselves up to be perpetuated simply in the memory of mortals, whereas it is the duty of man rather to seek after eternal life than an eternal memorial, and that not by writing or fighting or philosophizing, but by living a pious, holy, and religious life. This erroneous conduct of mankind, being enshrined in literature, has prevailed to such an extent that it has found many who have been emulous either of the vain philosophy or the foolish excellence which has been celebrated. For this reason, I think I will accomplish something well worth the necessary pains if I write the life of a most holy man, which shall serve in future as an example to others, by which indeed the readers shall be aroused to the pursuit of true knowledge and heavenly warfare and divine virtue. In so doing, we have regard also to our own advantage, so that we may look for not a vain remembrance among men, but an eternal reward from God. For although we, have, we ourselves have not lived in such a manner that we can serve as an example to others, nevertheless we have made it our endeavor that he should not remain unknown who is a man worthy of imitation. I shall therefore set about writing the life of St. Martin, 
and shall narrate both what he did previous to his episcopate and what he performed as bishop. At the same time, I cannot escape hope to set forth all that he was or did. Those excellences of which he alone was conscious are completely unknown, because as he did not seek for honor from men, he desired as much as he could accomplish that his virtues should be concealed. And even of those which had become known to us, we have omitted a great number, because we have judged it enough if only the more striking and eminent should be recorded. At the same time, I had in the interest of readers to see to it that no undue amount of instances being set forth before them should make them weary of the subject. But I implore those who are to read what follows to give full faith to the things narrated, and to believe that I have written nothing of which I had no certain knowledge and evidence. I should, in fact, have preferred to be silent rather than to narrate things which are false. Have you ever asked yourself, why is Logan always posting about GI justice? What is GI justice? Well, GI justice is civil rights for soldiers and veterans. While the civil rights movement as we know it was fighting for the dignity of people of color, America's veterans were being ridiculed, harassed, and assaulted as they returned from a war that they didn't choose to a nation that didn't want them. The first federal statute protecting veterans from employment discrimination was passed in 1972. In the time since, it and other laws protecting our heroes from harassment, bias, and even hate crimes have remained largely unknown, basically unenforced, and clearly ineffective. The GI Justice Campaign empowers every citizen to advocate for federal and state legislators to strengthen and expand the civil rights laws that protect our military communities. You can enlist in the cause and learn more about defending those who defend us by going to www.gijustice.com. Once again, that's gijustice.com. Chapter 2. Military Service of St. Martin. Martin, then, was born at Siberia, in Pannonia, but was brought up in Ticinum, which is situated in Italy. His parents were, according to the judgment of the world, of no mean rank, but were heathens. His father was at first simply a soldier, but afterwards a military tribune. He himself and his youth, following military pursuits, was enrolled in the Imperial Guard, first under King Constantine and then under Julian Caesar. This, however, was not done of his own free will, for almost from his earliest years the holy infancy of the illustrious boy aspired rather to the service of God. For when he was the age of ten years he betook himself against the wish of his parents to the church and begged that he might become a catechumen. Soon afterwards, becoming in a wonderful manner completely devoted to the service of God, when he was twelve years old, he desired to enter on the life of a hermit, and he would have followed up that desire with the necessary vows, had not his as yet too youthful age prevented. His mind, however, being always engaged on matters pertaining to the monasteries of the church, always meditated in his boyish years what he afterwards, as a professed servant of Christ, fulfilled. But when an edict was issued by the ruling powers in the state, that the sons of veterans should be enrolled for military service, and he, on the information furnished by his father, who looked with an evil eye on his blessed actions, having been seized and put in chains when he was fifteen years old, was compelled to take the military oath, then showed himself content with only one servant as his attendant. And even to him, changing places as it were, he often acted as though, while really master, he had been inferior, to such a degree that for the most part he drew off his servant's boots and cleaned them with his own hand, 
while they took their meals together, the real master, however, generally acting the part of servant. During nearly three years before his baptism, he was engaged in the profession of arms, but he kept completely free of those vices from which that class of men become too frequently involved. He showed exceeding kindness toward his fellow soldiers and held them in wonderful affection, while his patience and humility surpassed what seemed possible to human nature. There is no need to praise the self-denial which he displayed. It was so great that even at that date he was regarded not so much as being a soldier as a monk. But all these qualities he had so endeared himself to the whole body of his comrades that they esteemed him while they marvelously, marvelously loved him. Although not yet made a new creature in Christ, he, by his good works, acted the part of a candidate for baptism. This he did, for instance, by aiding those who were in trouble, by furnishing assistance to the wretched, by supporting the needy, by clothing the naked, while he reserved nothing for himself from his military pay except that which was necessary for his daily sustenance. Even then, far from being a senseless hearer of the gospel, he so far complied with its precepts as to take no thought about the morrow. Do you support the troops? Then let's talk about military civil rights. Mill rights workshops, facilitated by me, Logan Isaac, introduce patriots, concerned citizens, and community leaders to the civil, non-UCMJ legal framework for service members and veterans. Attendees will learn about federal laws that safeguard members of the military from harassment, bias, and discrimination, as well as how to strengthen and expand their much-needed protections. To learn more and to book a two-hour in-person or online workshop, go to gijustice.com slash millwrites. That's gijustice.com slash millwrites. Chapter 3. Christ Appears to St. Martin Accordingly, at a certain period, when he had nothing except his arms and his simple military dress in the middle of winter, a winter which had shown itself more severe than ordinary, so that the extreme cold was proving fatal to many. He happened to meet at the gate of the city of Amiens a poor man destitute of clothing. He was entreating those that passed by to have compassion upon him, but all passed the wretched man without notice. When Martin, that man full of God, recognized that a being to whom others showed no pity was, in that respect, left to him. Yet what should he do? He had nothing except the cloak in which he was clad, for he had already parted with the rest of his garments for similar purposes. Taking, therefore, his sword with which he was girt, he divided his cloak into two equal parts, and gave one part to the poor man, while he again clothed himself with the remainder. Upon this, some of the bystanders laughed, because he was now an unsightly object, and stood out as partly dressed. Many, however, who were of sounder understanding, groaned deeply because they themselves had done nothing similar. They especially felt this because, being possessed of more than Martin, they could have clothed the poor man without reducing themselves to nakedness. In the following night, when Martin had resigned himself to sleep, he had a vision of Christ arrayed in that part of his cloak with which he had clothed the poor man. He contemplated the Lord with the greatest attention, and was told to own as his the robe which he had given. Ere long, he heard Jesus saying with a clear voice to the multitude of angels standing round, Martin, who was still but a catechumen, clothed me with this robe. 
The Lord, truly mindful of his own words, who had said when on earth, Inasmuch as you have done these things to one of the least of these, you have done them unto me, declared that he himself had been clothed in that poor man. And to confirm the testimony he bore to so good a deed, he condescended to show him himself in that very dress which the poor man had received. After this vision, the sainted man was not puffed up with human glory, but, acknowledging the goodness of God in what had been done, and of being now of the age of twenty years, he hastened to receive baptism. He did not, however, all at once retire from military service, yielding to the entreaties of his tribune, whom he admitted to be his familiar tent companion. For the tribune promised that after the period of his office had expired, he too would retire from the world. Martin, kept back by the expectation of this event, continued, although but in name, to act the part of a soldier for nearly two years after he had received baptism. This episode is brought to you by Pew Pew Premium. Pew Pew Premium is an ad-free subscription podcast feed where you can find exclusive content from the entire Pew Pew HQ podcast lineup, including Ponder Exchange, Vita Martini, and Reborn on the Fourth of July, and even occasionally First Formation. Subscribe today at pewpewpremium.com, where you can already listen to an exclusive interview I did with Shane Claiborne. That's pewpewpremium.com. Chapter 4. Martin Retires from Military Service In the meantime, as the barbarians were rushing within the two divisions of Gaul, Julian Caesar, bringing an army together at the city of the Vagiones, began to distribute a donative to the soldiers. As was the custom in such a case, they were called forward one by one, until it came to the turn of Martin. Then, indeed, judging it a suitable opportunity for seeking its discharge, for he did not think it would be proper for him if he were not to continue in the service to receive a donative, he said to Caesar, Hitherto I have served you as a soldier. Allow me now to become a soldier to God. Let the man who is to serve thee receive thy donative. I am the soldier of Christ. It is not lawful for me to fight. Then truly the tyrant stormed on hearing such words, declaring that from the fear of battle which was to take place on the morrow, and not from any religious feeling, Martin withdrew from the service. But Martin, full of courage, yea, all the more resolute from the danger that had been set before him, exclaims, If this conduct of mine is ascribed to cowardice and not to faith, I'll take my stand unarmed before the line of battle tomorrow, and in the name of the Lord Jesus, protected by the sign of the cross and not by helmet or shield, I will safely penetrate the ranks of the enemy. He is ordered, therefore, to be thrust back into prison, determined on proving his words true by exposing himself unarmed to the barbarians. But on the following day, the enemy sent ambassadors to treat about peace and surrendered both themselves and all their possessions. In these circumstances, who can doubt that this, was, this victory was due to the saintly man? It was granted him that he should not be sent unarmed to the fight. And although the good Lord could have preserved his own soldier, even amid the swords and darts of the enemy, yet that his blessed eyes might not be pained by the witnessing of the death of others, he removed all necessity for fighting. For Christ did not require to secure any other victory on behalf of his own soldier than that the enemy being subdued without bloodshed, no one should suffer death. Thank you for listening to Vita Martini the 4th century biography of soldier saint Martin of Tours. If you've enjoyed listening, then you're not alone. 
Christians have always been fascinated with tales of subversive heroism, from ascetics abandoning urban corruption to soldiers ready to die but refusing to kill. To help me return the Vita to print, find my crowdfunding campaign by searching HOSM Biography on GoFundMe.com, or just my name, Logan Isaac, if that's simpler. If you've enjoyed this podcast series, I hope you'll share it with anyone interested in learning more about the history of Christian faith and armed service. You can also support this podcast with a contribution of as little as $1 per month to make sure episodes keep coming. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.